0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money
1: Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com.
2: Now, to delve deeper into the main issue of the week, really, here in the UK and globally. Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng last week set out an unfunded £45 billion tax giveaway on top of an energy bill rescue plan costing, we think, £100 billion across a couple of years. But he gave no details about how to balance the books. The plan sparked a run on the pound and sent market interest rates soaring. Joining us now to discuss this, the fallout economically and more, the Director of Research at the Resolution Foundation, James Smith, and the Head of Public Policy at the Institute of Economic Affairs, Matthew Lesh. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you both for being with us this morning. It's great to have your insights in what is a hugely important moment. Matthew Mayer's start with you. The Prime Minister, Liz Truss, on Thursday insisted that she's sticking to the tax plans. Quasi quoting the Chancellor, Kemi not the Trade Secretary, they're still in denial about the hand that this fiscal event had in the market crisis. Surely they have to accept responsibility first and foremost.
3: Look, I think what the government's trying to say, by my reading, is that the UK has a problem, which is been stagnant economic growth for a long period of time, and the government wanted to change approach um, and and put out, uh, I suppose, uh, the UK on a, on a radically different path. And some of that has been announced last week. And I think undeniably that's led to some jitters in the market uh, and some instability. In it. And it's, of course, proven politically quite costly from the government. What I think ultimately going to matter is whether or not the agenda can be um, fully forward because i think we've only seen the beginning of the government's agenda when it comes to economic growth and whether or not they're able to actually implement that and that delivers mm. the economic growth that the country desperately needs yeah, hang on
4: hang on a second it jitters that's that's not the right way to describe what's been happening in in markets since this mini budget and the idea that this is going to help the economy has been proven to be short-lived of course given what's happening in the mortgage markets and expectations that house prices are going to crash 15 percent, this is real economic damage that we're feeling right now matthew well look, the truth is that
3: you can't That you, is the truth. I mean no I mean that is not exactly the truth. The, the truth is that there What's are not global true pressures about that, that are pushing up interest Well the truth is that there's global pressures that are putting up interest rates. The the cost of borrowing was already going up. Now the government, I, I have no absolutely no doubt, has fueled some of that fire. Is is partly to blame. But I think it's ridiculous to say it well the there wasn't inflation, the Bank of England wasn't putting up interest rates, I didn't there wasn't say any, any of that. potential issue. No, I don't think you're saying that, but I think the the implication is that the government is entirely responsible for the fact that interest rates are going up. Interest rates are going up before Liz Truss became Prime Minister. So was inflation. So were all these other issues um, that were going on in in the economy. And, and I I absolutely agree with you. I don't I don't think uh, that the plan has been well received. I don't think it's been necessarily well communicated or fully outlined in terms of what the government's trying mm. to achieve. I think okay. the underlying goal is completely right uh, in terms of boosting economic growth. But there have obviously been some serious problems in terms of getting that message out there.
2: James, um, let me bring you in on on this point then. The Resolution Foundation today says that basically the the fallout of this is going to mean that there's going to have to be a £47 billion austerity drive that's going to be needed to try to bring the national debt under control. That is surely going to be amazingly um, difficult to enact. Do you really think that that is what Liz Truss is actually going to do, that she's going to going to go immediately for uh, a massive, uh, even larger than the last austerity package, another go at it?
1: Look, I mean, what what's happened here is markets have clearly taken fright from 45 billion of unfunded giveaway are back away a backing away from transparency and process in terms of making these decisions. So the government is under a lot of pressure at this point. You're you're seeing that because they're making quite a lot of having meetings with the with the OBR and they're trying to link themselves back to, to some of that process. So the key thing is how does the government put the fiscal position on a sustainable footing? And that's where the impact of financial markets, which will seem very remote for many people, are really Really, really, sort of biting. So, you know, though we haven't talked about those who have are seeing their mortgages withdrawn, prices going up, the increase of about a percentage point in short-term interest rates will be adding something like a thousand pounds to the average mortgage when they eventually feed through. But as you say, the real big issue here is exactly what the government does in terms of cutting back in order to to bring about that f- fiscal sustainability. So the history tells us the first place that they do that is public investment. So getting us back to long-term averages for public investment could cut something like 25 billion off the deficit, but that would really be rowing back on the on the growth agenda and that, that would be a mistake. The other thing that uh, the governments have tended to do is to cut back on on benefits and if they... If the government operated benefits in line with with earnings, earnings forecast right, would suggest that that would save about 10 billion this year, 20 billion next. But that would be a mistake because, you know, we're really seeing big rises in the cost of living for those on, on low incomes, not just energy, but also food and other, other components. But mm-hmm. both investment and cutting back for low incomes really hit growth in the near term and would be counter okay. to the government's stated aim.
2: Okay, Matthew. Back to you, if I may. I mean, James made the point that the markets seem very remote to people. I mean, to our audience, that that bit alone is kind of shocking. Um, that the Chancellor and the Prime Minister, who are who have city history, you know, quasi Kwarteng was an analyst at a number of firms. They were touted as people with knowledge and understanding of the financial markets. And that, I think, is what our audience is finding so staggering. This is what Royal London Asset Management told me this morning. To blame this on Ukraine is, quote, crazy. That is the difficulty that investors have, is that the government is not coming clean here.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, I think I think the government should be absolutely honest and needs to be clear. And I, I think they made a mistake in terms of announcing a whole number of uh, spending promises and tax cuts. We should remember that the biggest chunk of this is the the broadly approved of idea of freezing energy bills, mm. which is extremely costly. It's a, a kind of a, an unlimited, unfunded guarantee, which is substantially increasing debt. And you add on top of that all this tax cuts. It's not an ideal... Um, contexts to be announcing those changes. And they, they did that without necessarily putting forward, as has been discussed, a, a forecast from the OBR or what they were going to do on the spending side. And now I, I suppose that needs to be addressed. Um, and then I think additionally to that, and perhaps more importantly, they, they need to tell a persuasive case about regulatory reform, because this is the the underappreciated part of what the government's trying to do, which is it's, it's putting effectively a down payment on growth by cutting mm. taxes that it thinks are going to discourage investment, like increasing the corporate tax, for example. But at the same time, they're saying, we want to address some of the regulatory issues that are holding back investment and holding back activity. Now they've said they want to speed up infrastructure planning processes, and they've flagged a whole bunch of areas from business regulations, planning regulations, aviation, agriculture, childcare, where the government is going to be announcing plans, but they haven't done so yet. And it's, it's the combination of those things that can boost economic growth that ultimately will mean a bigger economy, um, more more government fund spending capacity. Um, and it's it's that combined agenda that can boost economic growth that the government needs needs to outline in order to be persuasive to markets that there is a growth plan. It's worth noting that central banks have been talking for quite some time about how they can control things on the inflation side, but it, the government needs to to sort out economic growth. They, they need structural reforms. Um, and we've heard that from central banks all over the world. And I think the government is trying to get on with those structural reforms. They've just uh, gone ham-fisted, I suppose,
4: with some of these tax cuts, and that's resulted in um, this okay. ins- financial instability. Uh, James, those structural reforms are absolutely necessary, aren't they? That, that is a policy mix that will help growth. You do need to boost productivity. It has ailed for too long here in the UK. Some of those measures will be needed.
1: I absolutely agree with Matthew. The number one priority, the the big issue facing UK governments over the past 15 years or so since the financial crisis has been the extremely weak growth we've had. Over that period, growth has been the weakest since the Great Depression on on a per capita basis. So that is a huge problem. The big issue here is the timing of when you were going for growth. The time to go for growth, particularly with a big tax cutting package, is not when you have inflation at the highest for 40 years. And that's what's really Given the the markets, the sense that this is not a thought-through sustainable plan. So for sure, we need structural reforms. You know, tax cuts can help. That can be part of that. That's not bad policy in principle. But the key thing is basically focusing on the priorities that the government should have, particularly in the winter ahead. So that's helping households with the cost of living crisis. And once inflation is under control, once the government has supported the Bank of England in getting the inflation problem dealt with, then that is the time to go for growth with structural reforms, with uh, not necessarily all the policies that are being announced, but that should be the focus of the government, both getting growth up and fighting the inequality issues that we're facing.
2: Matthew, um, the polling, lots been made of this this morning um, Labour 33 point lead uh, from YouGov, Servation 21 point uh, lead, Delta polled 19 points. I, I mean we all saw the Labour Party conference just a few days ago with Keir Starmer, you know, w- a complete change of fortunes really. I mean after 12 years of Conservative government, is there sort of an acceptance that after the Boris Johnson tenure and this kind of self-inflicted financial crisis that actually trust is not going to Last very long.
3: Look, I'm I'm not uh, the an expert in reading the political tea leaves, and I'm not going to (laughs) try to predict whether or not trust is is here to stay for the next ten years or is going to be gone next month. Look, I I think. If I were to make an assessment, I'd say she needs an opportunity to actually get on with the reform she's been talking about. Uh, And I, I think she's said quite consistently that not everything she's doing is going to be popular and there might be some short term political pain. In fact, even announcing some what are widely seen as some quite unpopular measures in the idea that if you can get on with boosting economic growth, ultimately your political fortunes Uh, can be reversed and you can be quite successful. It's worth noting uh, Trust came into office with a pretty low position in terms of Tory support as well as a, a very challenging economic context. And in the face of that, she has said I'm not going to stand still and do nothing. Um, and we, we're going to push forward with a, a range of of economic reforms. Because I, I think this is this is the truth, is, is the trust could have come in and just announced we're going to freeze energy prices. That would have been very popular. But that would have left the UK, I think, on the same general direction the the, the same outcomes mm-hmm. for the economy over time and in in, okay. in the sense of a slow decline and James. we're being willing to take a kind of more more radical differentiating approach yeah. um even if it is unpopular is something that i, I think is the, the kind of the gamble the risk okay. politically as that the trust administration is taking
4: we're unfortunately, we're running short of time. Just one last one to James before we let, we, we let you both go. you both been very generous with your time. James, uh, we're hearing reports that, that the Prime Minister and the Chancellor will be meeting with the head of the OBR uh, today. What is your expectation? Is this is this in a bid by the government to kind of weigh on uh, and lean on an independent forecaster, arm twist an independent forecaster, or is it the government trying to restore credibility? What's your take?
1: I mean, that's the big issue here. So, uh, you know, what what the government needs is to adopt clear, transparent processes, let the OBR be as independent as possible. I I think, you know, what they're going for here is trying to make it clear that they respect what the OBR is doing. But the, the risk is the optics of this look like they're trying to curse the OBR in terms of their forecast so what the government needs to be very clear about is that the OBR will be allowed to do its job independently as we come to the fiscal event on the 23rd it's welcome that they've said they'll set out their fiscal rules and how they're going to meet them and that's the key thing here making sure that they have a clear framework a clear assessment from the OBR and a very transparent way of making sure that they meet their fiscal targets. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB Digital Radio and On Demand via the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com.
3: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Steeple Financial advisors, let's face it, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com.
0: Stiefel Nicholas and
4: Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.